Hello and welcome everyone to the Reader Copy Podcast, the comic podcast about comic books. It is Wednesday, uh, August 11th. Yes, it is. <laughs> I am your host, my name is Chris, and I am joined by my co-host and younger brother, Daniel. Hey, welcome everyone to the podcast. I don't know what you guys are doing or listening to us, but you probably should be watching that new Disney Plus show, What If? Mm-hmm. That's probably what I'm doing right now. Yeah, I we're recording early, but I've already seen it by the time you're listening. It's good, huh? Yeah. Can you believe that? What happened? Yeah. And then the, the thing next? Mm-hmm. Crazy. I was like, oh, that's what would happen oh. if, what if? <laughs> How if things were different? Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. So in honor of that, we're doing a what if comic, right? That's right. Uh, we're going to get into it later, but we're going to be doing a what if comic, the very first issue of the what if series. Mm-hmm. How's, how's your week going? Was it busy? Um, yes, busy. A uh, lot of work. Yeah. But still doing the keto. So uh, I think maybe I'm noticing more busy work because things I look forward to, like lunch, yeah. are very boring. <laughs> It's less more agitating because you're not getting your fill. Yeah, yeah. And I'm, my diet is more strict. I'm doing keto, so low carb. So my options are a lot less. Yeah. So like you can't just go out to whatever down mm-hmm. the street and pick up a to go pizza or whatever and enjoy that. I'm even thinking like even if I wanted a healthy option, I still have to. It's still even more restricted than that. Even narrow in what you would consider healthy, like a, some fruits you can't have. Yeah, and I was thinking like, oh, I'll just go get some veggie something somewhere. And I'm like, no, even that, some veggies I can't have. It's a bummer. Are, do you think you're more uh, awake in the middle of the day? Because I feel like I mm. get food comas a lot after lunch and I just want to doze off. Um, probably. Yeah, I think I am more more alert. Yeah, you think so? Yeah. But maybe also I'm drinking more coffee. Oh, that, that does it. Yeah. yeah. Coffee is like, I, I, I can't have anything, so at least I can have coffee. Right. No added uh, regular sugar. Can you do Splenda? I don't know. Uh, you could do Stevia. I hate Stevia. People say it's just like sugar. It tastes different. It tastes like... Yeah, it definitely tastes different because it's not like sugar. plastic. Well... Horrible. That's what you get. I'll just have straight, straight black. I'd rather have it that way. I'm having um like the no sugar, the sugar-free dairy creamer. I put yeah. like a tablespoon of that into my coffee. Okay. Is that all you can have? I don't just... I don't need more. I don't want more. Mm. Just to really... I'm really trying to limit the carb intake. Okay. That's good. That's good. Because you're drinking multiple cups a day. I do that now too. Mm-hmm. Uh, Let me ask you this. Yeah. As a child when you as a family we would go out to celebrate and go to dinner what restaurant would we go to hmm. well it would be a some type of buffet okay right so, yeah sometimes but there's a specific one yeah that when i went there i love i loved it i still like it a lot it's like a, a big show out for us right yeah take a picture in front of the sign <laughs> we actually did that it we're yeah. talking of course about sizzler sizzler is the celebration restaurant yeah the height of luxury mm-hmm. and yeah. i'm talking all you can eat salad bar. <laughs> We, we sometimes we'd splurge out and get a steak and then they added salad bar on top of that yeah because it was actually cost efficient that way around yeah you have you do to do the math yeah. yeah you'd be a sucker not to <laughs> um if i wasn't on keto my go-to is steak and all you can eat shrimp and salad bar oh my gosh going all out the right move to do is to not even touch the steak not even touch the yes. shrimp while you're there right those are those are to-go items i've done that <laughs> plenty of times right or that Add the salad bar on top, but then just box up the, the meal and then eat salad bar the whole time. Have you ever done this? Like at the start when you're ordering, you're like, you know what? Just do me a favor. Put that in a box for me at the get. 
and then I'll just I'll just go for the soups and salad while I'm here. Nah, I have to like put on the show. Eat one shrimp. I was like, oh, hmm. Then it, look at that. I didn't even touch my shrimp and steak I'm here. So full from the salad. Oh, wow, it's, your salad bar is so good. It's barely a salad bar because for one, they have tacos. <laughs> <laughs> tacos. They have meatballs for your spaghetti. You yeah. don't have to get the spaghetti with the meatballs. You no. can just go straight for the meatballs if you're a smart person like I am. Do you have now? This is outside of just a salad bar at, at uh, Sizzler. Do you have any buffet hacks? Because I have plenty of buffet hacks. Buffet hacks. Let's see. Huh. Well, you go up with yours first. Okay. And I'll, I'll try to think of some. Um, like if you're this is at, usually at the end of a meal. Yeah. And you're gonna go get ice cream from the soft serve machine. Yes, yes, yes. Don't get the little ice cream bowl. First, stop by the soup station and get the soup bowl because those are much bigger. Much bigger. Uh, you're gonna you're gonna catch some eyes when you get walk up to the ice cream machine. It's like oh, I should have think of that. Oh yeah. Everyone's like that, right? So, rookie mistake if you're going for the little ice cream bowl yeah some people are walking around with two of the ice cream balls no suckers suckers <laughs> well, those are like two bites of ice cream you can fit in that bowl uh okay i i got one where it's usually like the like hometown buffet or something like that sometimes all the nacho things mm-hmm. sometimes i'll put that not on nachos but on fries I mean, oh, nacho fries. Nacho fries. That's, yeah. a good, that's a good move. But it's only if I'm feeling it, you know, it's not a every visit type thing. Um, also, do you eat, this is always weird to me that it's there. Well, the Asian weird. buffets, <laughs> right? Yeah. It's like sushi, chow mein, fried rice, beef and broccoli, pepperoni pizza. <laughs> Why is there a pizza in one station? Pepperoni pizza. And it's like tiny for some reason. Like yeah. it's like a personal pizza for everyone to share. Mm-hmm. And no one, like maybe one slice is missing, but no one us touch that pizza you're curious you're curious there's some gotta be something special about this that it's at a chinese buffet <laughs> i've never had it i've had it to realize i don't want it you know <laughs> you're the one that took this i've tried it i'm the one person i've tried a, <laughs> a pepperoni <laughs> pizza at a chinese restaurant chinese buffet <laughs> Uh, I'm never gonna try it. We've for years we've talked about these buffet hacks, mm-hmm. and we kind of look down on people that don't know how to do it. We'll see someone walking around with a plate of so much rice. And oh, like, what are you doing? What are you? What? This is the first buffet you've been to. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I there's one where if you go to like a hometown buffet, yeah, yeah, um, some not all, some have the icy machine. Really? Yeah. And what I would do is I get a cup. Okay, so I I would get a soda cup, right? Yeah. Fill it halfway through with soft serve vanilla ice cream, Ooh. and then I go across to the food station to the icy machine and fill the top half with like icy. You mix that up. That that's where you get your money. That's your dessert. Yep. Wow. Okay. It's almost cost effective just to go for desserts. Oh, yeah. If you're just feeling it, like maybe coming from a different restaurant, you're like, I I didn't like the desserts over there. I'll go to hometown. You get all desserts. (laughs) Finish your meal at a second restaurant. Nice topper. Yeah. (laughs) At a buffet. All right. Uh, well, if you guys have any buffet hacks, I'd like to know. But why don't you explain to them how the show works? First up, we'll go into the comic book news that came in this week. It looks like we're going to be talking about a lot of trailers. And in the middle, we'll talk about a cool comic book. And of course, uh, for the new Disney Plus show coming out, we're going to be doing the very first What If comic book. And then at the end, we'll talk about what we've been watching, reading, whatever our side stories came in this week. Well, like you mentioned, we got some trailers to get into. So let's dive into the comic book news. <laughs> 
the sequel to Sony's Venom movie, Sony's Spider-Man-less Venom movie. No Tom Holland in sight. Nope. We have uh, Tom Hardy. Oh, we got a Tom in there. And now we're getting Woody Harrelson as Cletus Cassidy. Yes, this is for Venom 2, Let There Be Carnage. The trailer came out and um, first off, I liked Venom. Did you like Venom? It was a surprise for me. I wouldn't say I was ecstatic about it, mm-hmm. but it was better than I thought. So I came out happy. Okay. I, I think I liked it a little bit more than that. Like I was pleasantly surprised okay. and I enjoyed it a lot. Yet I've never seen it since I've watched it once. You haven't rewatched it? You I haven't think, gone? I think I've maybe seen some scenes while it was playing on FX. Okay. Maybe on an airplane or something. It's yeah. playing. Sure. I can so believe that. It's weird because I really liked it, but I just haven't seen it again. Now seeing the trailer and revisiting that movie, I'm like, did I really like it? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Does this look like a flop? I don't think it's going to be a this flop. Next movie? I just don't have high hopes for it, but I don't, I don't think it'll be a flop. I, I, honestly, I felt the same way about the first movie mm-hmm. before we saw it. Like, I don't know about this. I think Sony does not get their act together yet, but it was I was pleasantly surprised. Now, I'm getting the same vibes with these trailers. Woody Harrelson. Yeah. I, I kind of set up front, like, I don't, I, don't, I don't know if he's the right move for this. I like Woody Harrelson. He's acting too exotic. It's too weird for this. I mean, he's a great actor. He's a amazing in some things tom hardy's a great actor yeah i think uh okay here's what i'll say i think they both know they're in a silly comic book movie yeah but i think they're doing that they're doing it too much they realize it too much okay i mean the character of cletus cassidy is a serial killer that's like crazy yeah so he's playing that role yeah he's really eccentric i'm wondering if uh maybe the studio is worried it's gonna be too down and because he's literally a serial killer Mm -hmm. make him a little bit goofy you know do right. us a favor Woody Harrelson mm-hmm. right you think so probably this uh this trailer seems pretty funny like well they're trying to be funny at least yeah, they're trying to be funny yeah um the jokes from the first Venom movie for me were not that funny they weren't laugh out loud they weren't this bad I think <laughs> oh you think it, these these are worse <laughs> yeah I think so okay uh what do you think about the visuals I think they look pretty good I think they look better um the first one was pretty awesome just mm-hmm. the goriness and the liquid exterior of the symbiotes mm-hmm. were pretty cool um, and this one, I think, because they're centered around these two, and maybe as we get into our third shriek, it's kind of uh, more uh, narrowed in, and I, I like the look of both of them better. Yeah, I will say I like the way Carnage looks a lot more than I always like how Venom looks. He's skinnier, maybe taller. Skinnier. It looks more comic book accurate. Do you think so? I think so. Venom has a small head in the movies. <laughs> what has got to show off his big shoulders? That's maybe yeah, Tom Hardy proportionate. proportionate. Okay, is that why? Yeah. Uh, but Carnage looks pretty cool and some differences I've noticed between Carnage and Venom. Okay, let's hear it. Obviously, Carnage is red, right? Oh, that's a red one. Yeah. yeah. Um, but the way Eddie Brock and the symbiote, the Venom symbiote interact is he's surrounded by the Venom symbiote. Yes. And whereas Cletus Cassidy and the Carnage symbiote, it's like in his like blood or something. And he's like molecularly changed when Carnage comes out. Yeah, like his whole look changes like switches up uh it's like almost like a shapeshifter right yeah he's not like underneath that he is he is like morphed into that you know what i mean you have to question is cletus even there anymore is it just like yeah uh, just the carnage Mm -hmm. and there's a scene where like i think he's doing like a prison break probably or something like that and security guards or police are shooting him and he opens up like his torso like a hole like Like a vortex like so that they can shoot right past him Uh through him so he like woody harrelson can't be in there if he just literally made a hole 
Yeah, there's some different uh, science going on with this, right? Yeah. Whatever the the, the differences between the Reds and uh, the the Venom symbiote, I mm-hmm. wonder if they're going to get into it, if it's going to be actually interesting. I don't know. Uh, and he's got like extra tentacles behind him or like legs or whatever from yeah. from the, the Carnage look. I think it looks more menacing. Mm-hmm. They're going to have to make it more menacing since Venom is already supposed to be a villain, right? We're still going right. on that. He's a, he's, he's a hero now? Uh, yeah, that's kind of how Venom is now. That's true. Yeah. Since Lethal Protector, he kind of towed the line of villain, hero. And I think since the movie, they just said, let's just put him, make him a hero kind of, right? Yeah. That's the that's the money-making platform they need to go with since they are not really using Spider-Man right now. Right. So it's Venom versus Carnage. Uh, like you said, Carnage has a Screech from Saved by the Bell with him, <laughs> right? Yeah. What's, her, what's her name? Screech, right? No, <laughs> Shriek? Shrek? Shrek. No, okay. Dog. Uh, Shriek from yes. the comics, yeah. right? And she has like super yelling powers. <laughs> <laughs> well, she's a symbiote, right? Or no? No, I don't think so. No, uh, not at all. Okay, okay. Yeah. I thought she was going to transform at a certain point. Yeah. No, so I think it, she just has that sonic yelling powers, which if we know from like the comics and movies and yeah. stuff, the symbiote is like weakened by that. Right, right. It's. I think there's some type of romantic entanglement <laughs> between Cletus mm-hmm. and... Uh, shriek so there's right. going to be some type of uh maybe she dies at some point because carnage uh cletus says i'm i'm a vengeful man right Ooh, at a certain you point. Think maybe she dies early i wonder yeah we don't really get too much of the plot details just some action scenes in the trailer yeah um and then i think i'm less and less liking the voice of venom that eddie brock hears the uh the voice itself or the attitude well both i guess yeah yeah it's he's like a pet he's like an angry pet like a mm-hmm. you know i don't know so so I again my hopes for this movie same as the first one are low pretty low yeah but that's just enough for them to surpass that so <laughs> I, I'm keeping it that way so that way I won't be disappointed yeah I want to be proven wrong Woody Harrelson is amazing in some roles he's just hamming it up he's got a new haircut and everything mm-hmm. maybe that'll change up he's got a new sports jacket <laughs> with roses on it I think uh, but Carnage can be, he's one of the coolest, like scariest characters in, in Marvel, you know? Yeah, he is pretty cool. Um, so 90s. The Morbius trailer that we've seen, uh, what, over a year ago? Yeah. Featured at the end, Michael Keaton's uh, Vulture character, right? Right. Uh, do you think any surprise characters show up in this? Does Morpheus show up at the end of this and maybe is examining Carnage or something like that? Because oh. he's like a scientist doctor or something at first, <laughs> right? Yeah. I think, yeah, he was studying bats, right? That's how he got that those superpowers of course and if you study bats you're gonna study michael keaton yeah i guess so <laughs> oh yeah uh maybe right maybe carnage and michael keaton's character fall into the same prison oh right right because yeah. right now he starts out as a prisoner keaton is in some type of prison mm-hmm. scorpion is there too right uh maybe uh morbius's uh alter ego is never revealed i don't know maybe he is i don't know but maybe he's always this like prison doctor at a certain point and he's experimenting on these ones that can you know congregate yeah because of the prison scenario and do you think spider-man is still off the table for now or do you think he could show up do you think it's they're laying groundwork for that I think uh, it's very possible they're setting up for the next Spider-Man. It's not even going to be Tom Holland. Do you think? Whoa, do you, think, you that, think so? Do you think it's too far-fetched? 
because it just feels like there's not super lead into him being into this world yet with him being so attached to the MCU. Would you be upset if Tom Holland, Peter Parker was the MCU Spider-Man while Sony was making all these movies and their Spider-Man was Miles Morales? I wouldn't be upset with that. No. Even though like these characters, Carnage, Venom, right? they're Peter Parker's foes. They become his foes eventually, I think, in the Ultimate Universe. Um, I think uh, I wouldn't mind that. I think that's a good move to introduce a new character, a new Spider-Man. Hmm. Let me tell you what I don't want is I don't want Venom to be the hero of all this, right? Where they all go against him because they're setting out to be hero so much, right? Sure, yeah. Don't do that. Okay. What I would want is this is actually uh, Tobey Maguire's universe. This whole time? Yeah. Tobey Maguire or Andrew Garfield. Either or. What, yeah. they, they're just uh, retired this whole time or uh, no, they, they in, haven't crossed paths yet? They're in New York. Venom's in San Francisco. Good point. <laughs> wow. Huh. That could work out. Do you want that to happen or are, I, they, are they both tired of the role? I'm sure they're both tired of the role. Yeah. But I want Andrew Garfield. I think he was my favorite Spider-Man, but not my favorite Peter Parker. He's like the worst Peter Parker. Right. Because the quippiness was, under the mask was like on point. Mm-hmm. And he's kind of lanky like a Spider-Man. <laughs> Uh, he was doing like a like an emo kid type of thing as a Peter Parker. I think that was their attempt to modernize it. Yeah, it was like they're trying to go off of the Tommy Maguire one. So like we need more attitude, more darker version. And right. that's what they got. And it was like, it wasn't good. It wasn't good. As a Peter Parker. Tommy Maguire was so vanilla. If you go back to watching, comparing all the Spider-Man swinging scenes through the city. Yeah, yeah. The Amazing Spider-Man ones are actually the best ones. I think you're right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I've watched those recently and I'm surprised it wasn't brand new stuff it was actually just no andrew garfield spider-man they're better than the tom Hall- the tom hollandos are more realistic maybe i think they f- what they did was they fit it into the mcu style yeah yeah but spider-man's cool he deserves his own thing maybe it depends on what kind of spider-man you're going for the toby Maguire works for his thing okay well i hope it's andrew garfield's universe and i hope he comes back somehow maybe we'll see that in the next spider-man movie or maybe we'll see that in this venom let there be carnage coming out september 24th a lot of stuff coming out in September. Okay, can't wait. You know what else is coming out in September? Let's hear it. On FX, Why the Last Man is finally coming out. Is it? <laughs> <laughs> we're all going to die. You and me, we're not going to make it past September. <laughs> Uh, September 13th is the date for the premiere of Why the Last Man on FX. Okay. FX on Hulu, sorry. FX on Hulu, <laughs> just to make it clear. Can you just say Hulu then, if it's on Hulu? I'm so confused. Uh, do you th- was it supposed to be on FX first, and then... I, I don't know. I, I don't know. <laughs> Nobody knows. Okay. Well, uh, if you guys don't know what Why the Last Man is, it's this Brian K. Vaughn comic book where all of the men just died instantly, except for one guy, Yorick. Mm-hmm. And his pet monkey. His pet monkey, Ampersand. Yeah, Marcel. Marcel. <laughs> right. Adopted from Ross, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, we did the comic, and I really enjoyed the comic. Yeah. I, I love Brian K. Vaughn's writing. Um, you're thinking, oh, another post-apocalyptic comic book. But I think the dialogue is amazing in Brian, in, uh, Brian K. Vaughn's work, but specifically Why the Last Man right. too. And also the premise, the idea of every male mammal. I think it's male mammal. Or yeah. Male primate. Not just humans. Yeah. Die off, right? Like instantly are gone, erased. Yes. So... The, like in the beginning of the comic it was saying things like like over 90% of the world's government is dead because yeah. they're mostly male right and like however percent like a large percentage of doctors are all dead because they're mostly male like 
uh, I think it was like 90% of the mechanics of the world. Right. right? All these like, kind of male uh, stereotypical positions. Mm-hmm. That's just how the, the numbers break out. They're just kind of gone. Um, so how does the world recover, right? Right. It's not saying like, oh, you need men, but it's like it's half the, the of reality. The, the reality, the fact that half of the world is gone. That's yeah. what's messing things up. Thanos was very sexist. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, also it was cool I don't know if it will take place in the show but in the comic um, overnight the strongest army was I believe the Israeli army yeah I don't because they had a lot of women in their army I wonder if they're gonna do that I wonder if they'd mention it or they talk about that but that was a big part of the comic book yes it was Uh, and like like, like world powers are struggling here like trying to figure out there's a whole new dynamic to economies to militaries Mm -hmm. like you said Israel was the one that could like win out and they were making a push yeah, uh, but there's one guy left, Yurik. Yeah, and now the world's after him because they know he's like the last male and could be the the last hope for a human race in general. Yeah, York specifically, he's kind of the center of the whole thing, obviously. Mm-hmm. And then we also focus in on his family. I think yeah. his mother becomes president at one point, so she's a yeah. big deal. I think she's played by Diane Lane in this yeah. show, and then also his uh, sister is an intricate part of the story. She's yeah. like a paramedic. I think she's played by Olivia. Olivia Thilsby, I think is her name. Yeah, yeah. Which I think she's a good actress. She was in Dread. I like her, yeah. She was in- Juno. Uh, Juno, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was a great movie. Good Juno. movie. Yeah. Um, yeah, I remember this show took a little bit longer to get off the ground because like, I remember like the showrunners quit first. Yeah. So they find new showrunners and they did the pilot. But after they did the pilot, the main lead guy quit or something like that. Yeah, one of the Eternals. Yeah, that guy. Yeah. And so they had to reshoot the pilot with this new actor, which I think maybe is for the better because I think whoever this new actor guy is fits the role of Yurik better. You know what? I'm thinking he looks a lot like him, but mm-hmm. I don't think we got a lot of his personality in the trailer yet, to be honest. Uh, a, a little bit, I think. You think so? And I think uh, he is just the perfect amount of good looking, but not a jerk about it. <laughs> okay, yeah. Yeah. Uh, in the comic book, Yorick himself, he's not maybe the most smart. Mm-hmm. He's not dumb, yeah. but he's not the most smart guy. And at some points, he could be selfish a bit. Yeah, definitely. Considering he's the last man on earth. Yeah. Right? He's living the dream. <laughs> what, wouldn't you be selfish? <laughs> Um, so, so that's the thing. That is kind of what makes it interesting. Like, if the one guy, he has to be this guy. <laughs> Um, the budget for the show does not look small. Like the the scenes look very big, and like like they have scenes of like I think it's like New York or whatever Chicago, but like you know like a whole abandoned city. Yeah, you have to get those shots to get that kind of empty feeling. Yeah. of the world, right? Very I am legend. Yeah, yeah. The, it is a post apocalypse thing. Are we tired of that by now? I don't know, but I think the, the guy, yeah. this is kind of different though, because it's not like a nuclear bomb hit or there's zombies. It's just half the world's gone. And now how do we rebuild from that? Yeah, yeah. It's kind of the drama of the people left behind. Because then there's still government. There's still things running, right? So that's, it's like a different take on that. I think it's pretty cool. That's true. Yeah, yeah. There's like some political stuff that we get into in the first issue, uh, first trade of the comic. That was yeah. kind of fun. Mm-hmm. Listen to our podcast actually on Why the Last Man is pretty fun. Yeah, that comes out September 13th on FX on Hulu. I'm not sure if it's on FX, the actual channel. I assume so, but uh, I have Hulu, so that's 
that's probably where I'm going to be watching it. Yeah, maybe that's why they're calling it that. It's so weird, the streaming world nowadays. Uh, who knows if it's going to be good because there's so many struggles to get it out. Sony, not Sony, Fox owns FX. Oh, is that what it is? But Disney owns Fox now and Disney owns Hulu. So maybe that's why they're like kind of forcing those two together. Maybe just to get like the fo- the FX stuff onto Hulu faster. I noticed a lot of stuff is, is on Hulu. So maybe that's why. Yeah. In case someone is like, I don't want to give any more money to Disney. I'm going to watch this on FX. They'll get fooled. I got news for you. <laughs> You can't watch anything without giving a, your money to Disney. No, no. <laughs> I think you're going to have just like a money machine in everyone's home. Yeah. You're going to have to put a dollar in to breathe or something at some point. <laughs> um, a couple of weeks ago, last thing on the news now, a couple of weeks ago, we were talking about the Eisner Awards and the nominees for this year's awards. Yeah, yeah. Well, guess what? They have awarded those awards and now we have the winners of those awards. <laughs> the Eisner Awards. They came in this year. Um, it was a virtual event, of course. Um, it was held at by Comic-Con at Home on July 23rd. Um, I made some predictions about who would win some of those, I think. Yeah. Uh, I think I got zero of them right. Uh, I think you, I think I got the same. <laughs> but um, I do want to highlight some of the ones that did win, just in case you were wondering, because uh, I want to go back and read some of these books now because they're obviously good. Yeah, obviously good. They're not necessarily action heroes. They're obviously not all superheroes uh, in all the comics. So maybe that's why uh, I didn't get a lot of these right because they, they're they not just all about the right. DC and Marvel stuff. Um, I want to mention Best Limited Series. This went to Matt Fraction for Superman's pal, Jimmy Olsen. Yeah, we did that. Uh, one of those comics last week, kind of, right? Kind of, yeah. You are mentioning that. And I, I didn't know that they had even like kind of brought that comic back yeah i think they did it's like uh it's one of those comics that pops up here and there when uh the comic book fan gets tired of all the superheroes and bring it ground level with jimmy olsen i don't know how they get it to work because it's just like a a news reporter yeah right a photographer whatever he is yeah he's not even like a sidekick because he doesn't help superman really he just calls him he's like (laughs) hey just letting you know there's something over here yeah now i'll be on my way (laughs) i know you have super hearing and could figure it out and supervision but let just let you know there's a yeah. crime going on <laughs> he's like a tattletale really it should be like the narc jimmy olsen <laughs> it's also demeaning like superman's pal yeah jimmy olsen good job sport <laughs> <laughs> okay buddy um best writer i'm glad this guy won james Tinian the fourth uh did a bunch of stuff this year and he's also doing batman i think he's currently doing batman and uh i'm glad he won yeah he's all over the place i've been meaning to read something is killing the children mm-hmm. uh i think out of image pretty good comic i heard and then for best penciler which is like the main artist of books uh michael allred i haven't read any of these books but now i gotta check them out he did bowie stardust ray guns and moon age daydreams i never heard of these books really do you know what uh that is in reference to all those words no is this one long book it's a it's a, i think it's a like comic book a biography about david bowie okay i know this is about david bowie but oh, okay. i didn't know like i didn't realize this is one long title it's one long title. i thought it was two books <laughs> I thought it was like three books, actually. I don't know. It might be a trilogy, but 
Uh, I've heard good things about that thing specifically. I'm not the biggest David Bowie fan just because I haven't dug d- mm. deep into it, but I've seen pictures of it and it's beautiful. Uh, uh, really? Yeah. I'm surprised he won for one title. I can believe it. it. If you know the All Red people, they work on like, uh, I forgot that guy's name, but they, they've worked, there's like a family of All Reds and they work together a lot of the time. Oh, okay. Yeah. Madman. That's what it's called. Madman. You ever heard of that? No. Is that? Okay. It's so weird. I don't know what that kind is. Kind of a weird uh, pulp kind of comic, I guess. Have you heard of this person who won the best cover artist, uh, Peach Momoko? I have. Yeah. I have some of her comics. Um, she is a, her style is kind of like Japanese art, right? Like, Ooh, okay. Like kind of like, um, um, like kind of the calligraphy type of stuff we see in the Japanese art type of look. Cool. Uh, with painting and all that. I have her X-Men Demon Days comic book. It's pretty, pretty fun. Like a retelling of or reimagining of some X-Men characters. She's working a lot. Um, Power Rangers for Boom. Uh, Vampirelle for Dynamite. Um, the Crow for IDW and then a bunch of Marvel variants. So she's really working a lot. I think a lot of people are trying to get her to be a cover artist and all their variants. Oh, yeah. She's kind of all over the place. Um, one of the people that won the most actually is Jean Luang Yang mm-hmm. uh, for three awards um, some of the things he's worked on Superman smashes the clan and that's in reference to the Ku Klux Klan specifically you ever heard of that one it says best publication for kids is that for kids yeah okay all right good job Superman yeah he did it you know um, but I, I know a lot of the stuff he's worked on is uh, centered around Asian Americans too so um, you know he's a voice for that community I love to see that Ed Brubaker won multiple Eisners this year um, one of them was for best graphic album graphic album okay yeah so a lot of winners you could go on the Comic Con International website and check out all the winners but lastly I want to also highlight for the Hall of Fame oh yeah voted in Neil Gaiman I knew it it was gonna happen yeah I'm surprised it hasn't happened yet but well deserved I think in comic books he's kind of on the younger side as far as actually making it to the Hall of Fame uh, okay. but Sandman I think it was like enough for him to get in the Hall yeah, of Fame yeah but I think just age wise uh, true true glad that he make made it in there um he deserves it right i mean it's so, so good his show is coming out soon he's, you know the the sandman show i heard that just wrapped filming so hopefully sooner rather than later but i can't wait for it oh, i have so much high expectations for that you know me it's my mm. favorite one of my favorite comic books not sure if it's the number one or not but so good um on the uh hall of fame list also was a, a scott mcleod do you know that guy no he's worked on a, a couple of comic books about creating comic books oh really yeah a lot of them are like uh him drawing himself into the comic and presenting how to lay out comics and it's kind of a fun thing i think it's called making comics uh scott mcleod's uh, famous for that cool cool um yeah uh there's plenty of more hall of fame winners this year uh, i think there's like three categories of hall of fame so that's pretty cool sweet yeah um but i'd say check them out if you're interested and uh grab these titles they're obviously good they're all eisner award winners gotta look out on that for the creators on there maybe we'll do some of their comics yep all right uh that is it for this week's news if you haven't already we recommend that you please subscribe to the reader copy podcast whether you're listening to us in an app or uh, uh probably an app that's the only thing we're on uh hit subscribe like share with anyone that likes comic books yeah find us on instagram facebook and twitter uh you can find us at the reader copy podcast let us know what you guys are thinking for the eisner win- wins uh, any of the two trailers that came out what are you guys are thinking about those all right well i think it's time to get into the comic book that we chose this week for the series coming to disney plus what if Mm-hmm. Let's do what if. With all these Disney Plus shows coming out, we gotta do a comic based on them, right? So 
Of course, we're doing the first issue of the What If comic book out of Marvel. And I think this was a good pick because it kind of spells out what's going on with What If, what is it exactly? Yeah, and uh, each issue of What If is like a different kind of scenario, right? Yeah, it's uh, going on with the mainstream comic book continuity. But if what key moments were different, how would things play out? Right, right. The whole butterfly effect. Yeah, What If. Yeah, What If the Butterfly Effect was a good movie. Starring Ashton Kutcher? Yeah. Yeah. I've seen it multiple times. Do you like it? No. Okay. I just think, why? Why do you watch it again? What if? I don't know. What if it's good this time? It's... It's one of those things that's always on TV. Not a good movie, though. Uh, what if? And uh, this issue, of course, set of Marvel Comics. We're just doing the first one. Um, did you know that What If spanned 13 different series from Marvel Comics? Like oh, 13 wow. different volumes. Is that crazy? So they just kept stopping and then starting again? Pretty much. A lot. Like the first two were like these long stretches. Like the first volume, the one we're getting today, was 47 issues. The second one was like 100 issues. Mm. And then the ones after that are like standalone kind of short sprints of comics or mm. like based like spinoffs of main stories. Like what if Infinity or what if a specific, like Civil War? They're like what ifs of big events in comics in Marvel oh, history. Okay. I yeah. get it now. Yeah. yeah. Um, and we're going to the first one. This one came out a long time ago in 1977. Um, so it's going to feel like that as we enter the comic. It feels kind of old. 1977? Yeah. That's not that much older than me. <laughs> It's a comic book though. When I was reading it, I thought it was like a lot older than that. (laughs) Dang it. Well, that's because it's making fun of comics that are even older than that. Okay. It's only like five years older than me. Six years older than me. It's making fun of the first like comic books, which were like in 1963. Okay. So that's why like it's written in that style. It's written in that style. Yeah. Okay. All right. So uh, this first issue, a little bit about the writer. This guy's name is Roy Thomas. Now he's a a legend in the game. Of course. He's actually the first editor-in-chief of Marvel Comics after Stan Lee, right? So he's the first successor. So he's a big deal in comics, I'd say. Um, he was like one of the characters, that one of the people that brought in sword and uh, sword and sorcery type of stuff into comic books with Conan the Barbarian into Marvel Comics. I can't be a hundred percent sure. Yeah, I think I have his autograph. I don't think you do. Do you? I think I waited in line at a con for a while and then got his autograph. It was a Spider-Man comic book. I think so. I could be wrong because part of me also makes me believe like he's too big for that. I think he's too big <laughs> for that. Uh, I think you got a Jerry Conway comic. No, I know I have that. Okay, okay, but I think. I might have kind of Roy Thomas comic. I'm not sure about that, but okay. Well, it, could, it could be a different Roy also. So. <laughs> it could be a totally different Roy Thomas. It could be a, a Thomas something. Thomas I, Roy. I, I got Thomas Roy's. Uh, sorry, okay. sorry. Okay, go ahead. Thomas comma Roy. Okay. Uh, but he, he's working on a bunch of stuff. He was like bringing back some JSA characters at the time he was working, um, you know, the, the old DC stuff. He had a long time on the X-Men and uh, the Avengers. So the big titles, they were giving to this guy. He's a big deal. Um, also, he co-created a bunch of characters. Wolverine. Cool. Carol Danvers. Cool. Uh, Iron Fist. Luke Cage. Adam Warlock. Morbius. That's just like a short piece of list. Like a lot of characters he co-created. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, in 2011, he was indoctrinated into the Eisner comic book hall of fame like we're talking about earlier cool yeah so he's on that list for sure uh so the comic book artist we have the penciler is jim craig not too big of a name but he's worked on a few different comics at the time um shang chi is coming out soon he worked on masters of kung fu nice so he's worked on that uh, on a few marvel premiere issues 
one comic he worked on it was called uh, a premiere of 3d man do you, have you seen what the hell is that he's like this orange and green character i have that issue because uh, it's kind of cheap when i bought it but <laughs> what what is his gimmick i honestly don't know but he just has this weird color scheme orange and green what yeah so the book doesn't come with like 3d glasses or something no they didn't have the technology yet what okay <laughs> Um, and he also worked on Power of Warlock, and I really like that character, okay, Adam yeah. Warlock. So um, he's in uh, different parts of the comic book universe at the time. So again, this comic book is asking, like, what if things were different? How would things play out? Just key moments. And it's pretty interesting as we get into the story, how they set it up for this. Uh, one character you might be aware of in the Marvel Universe is his name is Uatu the Watcher. Mm-hmm. Right? He's this, like, cosmic being that looks like a person, but with a gigantic big head. He looks like a pop funko. <laughs> oh yes he does right uh imagine a pop funko of the watcher it'd be even bigger <laughs> so big like he wouldn't be able to stand yeah. it's all head uh <laughs> in this comic he's drawn normal i don't like that he's like almost more proportionate is this the first time you see the watcher no he, okay okay because uh his character he pops up here and there he's just in the background of big mm. moments in the marvel history right. like if galactus is about to eat your world he'll just show up in the background and he'll watch watch <laughs> with popcorn with popcorn take a seat and watch um so that's his his like his character he's just like a background character and you, if you see him it's a big moment happening like mm-hmm. buckle your seats it's a big deal um but the, it's interesting how they use him here um he's kind of like the narrator of the story right think of in twilight zone with rod sterling and he kind of explains mm, what's right. going on and what he's explaining is these stories that what i'm going to tell you right now it's not part of the mainstream continuity in marvel history i'm going to change there are a few different universes where things are different and this is the story that played out so the question that uh we're posing for this issue is what if spider-man had joined the fantastic four and we go into uh, a little bit of the different universes that he uh has explained in the past like what if the nazis won out in world war ii what the invaders do at the time um even other universes like as we get into the squadron supreme we talked about them a couple of while ago they're like marvel's version of the justice league right mm-hmm. yeah he explains he's seen these parallel universes happen and even uh Deathlock, like his future that there's all these different things in the marvel universe that are not in one universe is explaining those come from different ones because it's so confusing how how these things play out my favorite one of these alternate ones was uh what if reed richards also got the thing powers so there's like two rock guys on the finesse floor right yeah they're like huh would you, would you be jealous of the other one you know <laughs> And he's telling this whole story based on the moon as he explains to narrator, like all these different scenarios, what if, as uh, he's going to continue to narrate per issue uh, going forward. And again, this is centered on Fantastic Four and Spider-Man. So he first lays out uh, the origin of both of the teams, of both of the characters, right? Um, Fantastic Four, it takes place with Reed Richards, Sue Storm, Ben Grimm, Johnny Storm, like regular, right? They're these four astronauts that are uh, flying out into space to explore when suddenly they're bombarded with cosmic rays and their transformation ensues, right? Right. And of course, Spider-Man, Peter Parker, regular old story. He was uh, on a field trip and there was an irradiated spider that bit him and puberty happened and he got his Spider-Man powers. And so we'll follow along with the story with what's going on with Peter Parker. And this is definitely that poor Peter Parker, like bumming it out, has Mm -hmm. no money. 
right? Still kind of a nerdy kid um, in uh, living with his Aunt May. And he's thinking, I have no money to, you know, provide for Aunt May. I have no money to maybe play around with all the things I want to do or just no money because he's kind of poor. So he's thinking, oh, I, maybe I'll use my Spider-Man powers and try to get hired by that famous Fantastic Four team. So it's really showing the contrast of these characters where the Fantastic Four are famous, rich superhero family, and he is secret identity, broke, teenager Spider-Man alone. Absolutely. There's even a Fantastic Four comic book inside of Peter Parker's bedroom. Because yeah. uh, in the Marvel Universe, the Marvel company is a real thing. And they write right. comic books about these famous people, like the Fantastic Four. Yeah. That happens in Logan. Do you remember Logan? There's like an X-Men comic book True. in Logan. Yeah, yeah. It's the same exact thing where it's like the the stories in the comics are not as real as meant to be um but he knows the fantastic four they they work in that baxter building they're they got the big bucks right mm -hmm. working with all this scientific technologies and up cutting edge things so they'd want to hire this teenager with superpowers to uh obviously right i mean they're, they're gonna love spider-man they got to have loved him right and so peter parker marries on way down to the baxter building and across the way he's trying to figure out how to break in to show off his skills he's going to use his spider-man powers to uh, showcase all his skills right just break in and meet the team the way he does this which i think is a little extra for i knowing what spider-man can do is instead of just shooting his web and swinging to the building climbing right or yeah sticking to the wall he shoots a web but then continues to tightrope walking across that web <laughs> which is like that you already had stretched that web across just use that to swing over there Right. That's, that would make sense. But the cameras are on him. He wants to look good for the team. He's tide walking all the way yes. over there. And the press is down there at the street level, right? They're taking pictures of this. Uh, at this time, like because of J. Jonah Jameson, mm -hmm. Spider-Man is a menace. He is like wanted. He's not a hero, right? People are, have mixed emotions about him. They don't yes. know if he's a hero or not, but a lot of the news is saying, he's a menace. <laughs> and some people are saying like, oh, he might be there to attack the Fantastic Four. Right. Uh, they see him kind of as a criminal right now. Um, breaking into this high-tech building. Uh, of course, the Fantastic Four kind of lounging around. Ben Grimm's reading a book while Reed Richards is doing some science with some bleakers and all that, just doing their merry way thing. Uh, this is the thing that you always mention is um, the Fantastic Four have a computer where the computer is like the wall. Yeah, high-tech. <laughs> where like the, the keyboard and buttons and stuff are like built into the wall and like come out of like a desk almost. It's the entire counter yeah. is buttons. <laughs> it's just buttons. I feel like, why don't we have that now? I mean, it was the future. <laughs> so Spider-Man finally makes it to the side of the building and he swoops into this open window. And once he jumps in, the defensive systems activate and he's surrounded by plexiglass cage. Now, this would capture any normal person. But Spider-Man, he has spider strength. And he's able to like open and break out of this plexiglass like cage that they use it. Yeah. But immediately gets like sucker punched by the thing, Ben Grimm. <laughs> that costs thousands of dollars, Reed Richards says. And Ben Grimm wallops him while Peter Parker, he decides to just throw the thing at the human torch and they go flying past. Spider-Man is very cool because he's able to almost take out the entire Fantastic Four on his own. Yeah. He's knocked out the thing and human torch. Now he's building like a ball of web that will then kind of like tangle Reed Richards because now he can't like unstretch because yeah. he's like all wadded up 
tied up in there. Um, those stretching powers have no match for him. While we see Invisible Woman, she takes a lasso and tries to <laughs> lasso up Spider-Man. Uh, can't see her. So uh, he is almost surprised by this. The spider senses tingle and he decides to twirl Invisible Woman, even though he can't see her, he, he knows she's there, and she goes spinning. Um, Human Torch now is trying to like surround Spider-Man with flames, but he's able to just swing out of there. All this is chaos is happening. So Reed Richards, the smart guy that he is, he kind of like makes a wall out of himself, like he stretches wide, yeah, to hold back Johnny and the Thing away from Spider-Man to be like, let's all calm down, let's figure out what's going on before we just start fighting each other. Right? They think of Spider-Man as as a hero, yeah, and they're like, why are you breaking? in trying to disrupt everything and Spidey says well I want to join the team and this was a showcase to show you guys off I got all these skills you guys want me right <laughs> how much does it pay yeah uh, you saw these skills uh, I'm expecting a top salary and it's funny because then they're like we don't get paid for this like this every cent we make we use put back into our crime fighting technology right science space travel and all those things and Ben and, and Johnny are like yeah you're being like an outlaw right now like just throwing in rent, randomly attacking us this does not look great and Spy's like oh okay well thanks guys I thought you guys were gonna pay me yeah so he swings out of there and now correct me if I'm wrong all this are things that happened originally in Marvel Comics correct right this is all things that played out. Spidey really did try to break into uh, the building. This is one of the early issues. There's even a little note like this issue. If it was bought in 1977, the issue this came out in, mm-hmm. at the time, it was already priceless. And it's just like a couple of years past the like the start of this this whole company. Right. Um, imagine now getting the original. Like you'd break your bank. Like you'd want a job from the Fantastic Four. <laughs> I mean, how many do you think exist that are still like at least near mint condition? Oh, none. None? you think near mint condition yeah i think none. not even one no i don't think so wow don't you think i mean even if it was like a two grade it'd still be like worth a lot a yeah lot. that's what i'm saying a two i believe but near mint 9.8 9 no no oh, not not near mint maybe like very fine very fine okay yeah that's I'd, what i meant okay. the next level <laughs> Still none. <laughs> I think hard to find. I think like almost, I'm, it could be none. I think like two or threes is what you're getting. Wow. Don't okay. you think? Yeah. And that's still worth a fortune. A fortune, yeah. Priceless hands down. Um, as we return to what if things were different, right? Spider-Man, he's getting called back by Sue Storm. Sue Storm's like, wait, Spider-Man. Um, we do get somewhat of a stipend from NASA and maybe we could uh, pay you for that and make you join the team. Um, and Spidey, he's kind of chauvinistic here. He's like, well, I'm a sucker. I always listen to a pretty girl, even if she's invisible. Uh, ben Graham and Johnny is like, don't, don't listen to her. Kick him out of here. And they feel stupid because they got showed up by this guy. Totally. All, the whole team. But then Reed Richards, their leader, is like, well, you know what? He is really good and we can spare a little bit. So why not? Okay. So if they're going to have him on the team, they need to know who he is, right? The Fantastic Four, they don't wear any masks. Um, but Peter Parker, he finally takes off his mask to reveal he is uh, just a boy wallflower of Midtown High. <laughs> yeah. And once he takes off his mask, they're like, I still don't know who you are. Yeah. <laughs> 
Sue Storm was like, oh, I thought he was scarred under there like Dr. Doom. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Peter Parker goes back home and tells Aunt May, well, here's a little bit of money. Uh, I can help out with the expenses. I've got this um, this job that's odd hours, but some money sent your way. Now is a press conference with the Fantastic Four, with a big announcement for the news. Uh, all the reporters are gathered around as they're explaining they're no longer the Fantastic Four. Fantastic Four no more. Mm-hmm. Now we're the Fantastic Five. <laughs> And I really like this because, like, Reader's like, we're now the five. And he has, like, five fingers pointed up. Yeah. And he's like, all right, everybody, take off your emblem now. And, like, instead of a four, there's, like, a five under their chest. Yeah. And it's just, like, so, like they they planned this out. Right. Like, before the thing, they had a costume dress rehearsal. It's a show. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> And um, Ben Grimm's like, oh, I'm glad I don't have a logo to take off because it's he's just wearing a Speedo. <laughs> And Spidey goes swinging in with a big five on top of his Spider-Man emblem. And it's an announcement that he's joining the team. Along in the press conference is J. Jonah Jameson as he goes screaming like, I can't believe you're putting this menace on the team. And um, he quickly turns his tone as he realizes the press loves Spider-Man. He even gets some shots with him like, oh, that was just a test. I now endorse the good Spider-Man. Freaking J.K. Simmons. Yeah. He's playing every single role that ever exists. (laughs) Um, and we see now how things change out with Spider-Man on the team. Um, in the past, in the past issues, the chameleon used Spider-Man's bad name to transform himself and do some crimes and criminalities. But right. now that he's with the Fantastic Four, he's got a good name now and they can't use that to his benefit. Yeah. So in this continuity, we kind of like never even hear about the chameleon anymore. He does not exist. No. <laughs> Uh, even a quick fight that happened between Spider-Man where he lost out from Vulture changes very much as Spider-Man has got this five-man team now uh, to take on the Vulture. Now, he shows up swinging, right? But anyone who's a fan of the Fantastic Four knows they have that flying car thing that can separate into individual cars. Yeah, it's the high-tech uh, spaceship thing that breaks apart. And they use that to get some height on Vulture, and Vulture is no match now. He He's using his height before and, and his flight powers, but Johnny's got flame-on abilities too and uses that to his advantage. So here's another retelling of a Fantastic Four story. Now they got unnoticed there's something going on on the blue side of the moon, right? And so they're going to jump onto the lunar rocket and fly up up there. But uh, Reed Richards did not change up his spaceship yet to suit five. It's only uh, room for four people. <laughs> it's a giant rocket ship yet it only seats four yeah there's no room you, you can't you can't bring uh sue storm is apparently going to stay behind while spider-man will take her spot and um you leave the woman down on on the planet and uh this reminds me do, do you think uh jeff bezos got any superpowers as he, when he flew up in space yes yeah there, there's <laughs> some uh, uh edited pictures of him with the little lanky arms yeah, and the that. whole team um if if jeff bezos I mean, he's got to be... I see him more of a Lex Luthor than a Reed Richards. Though. Yeah, right. Do you see Elon as more of a Tony Stark? Well, that's... Yeah, that's what everyone says. He's like the real-life Tony Stark for a long time. Mm-hmm. Maybe maybe he's a darker past that we don't know about yet. Maybe he's like... I don't know who's who's bad in Marvel. Maybe he's a... Uh, he's Doctor Doom. Doctor Doom. <laughs> Could be. I mean, his wife is Grimes, and she's super weird. Mm, oh, maybe he's she's, Thanos. She's the villain. She's the villain. Yeah. Well, so, how, when... Who is it uh musk and and bezos went up to space right they're finding each other too yeah yeah uh how far out exactly are they going into space this is just outside of earth's gravitational pull i think that's it that's it's, it that's and that discount as space quote unquote so i think that's as far as they go 
So they're just like okay. minor B level superpowers at best. So they, yeah, you're not nothing special, right? Yeah. So they flew up there, hung out, and then went back down. The big deal was it was all civilians. It was yeah. no astronauts, yeah. like fully trained. Well, the, I'm guessing they got some training. Even like the pilots and stuff. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's them. So it is a uh, but it's a all feat like computer technology. controlled, like landing and stuff. I'm assuming. I think that's and maybe it. like remote controlled. He's got. I think he's got like robots all over the house. Like everything yeah. is a robot around him. Yeah. You know, he's the t- tinkerer. So he just goes up and then comes back down. That That's nothing special. I think there's a guy that went out into space and then skydived from space. Yes. The Red Bull guy. Yeah. yeah. So that guy's a hero. That That's a test. A test of, of feet, right? That's a feat of like strength to actually do that. I think it. Yeah, it's I physically demanded. You get hurt, like yeah. to survive that. It's hard, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, he d- drank a Red Bull right before. Well, that'll do it then. It's not that hard then. Yeah, anybody he, could do it. He got wings. No, no big deal. <laughs> what is weird is his freaking uh, penis rocket. Who's <laughs> <laughs> Jeff Bezos? Have you seen it? Okay, it's phallic. I mean, aerodynamics is a huge part of it, right? Right, right. I if think anything, he, the human male organ is designed. For aerodynamics, <laughs> for flying up into space, it's just for wind resistance. Okay, accuracy. I think they're. It's when they draw science from nature, right? Mm, yeah. Okay. Inspired that. Yeah. It, it could be vice versa. I just know he's a villain after that. Uh, okay. As we get into the story, they're blasting off. Not in a flash. Uh, uh, kind of. <laughs> kind of. Kind of space spaceship. They fly off, uh, leaving Sue Storm behind. And on the other side of the world is Ivan Krakow. And it's this um, Eastern European guy. He's one of those Fantastic Four villains I don't... Obscure. Yeah, I know nothing about. I don't even understand what he's doing here. He's he's found these like super apes. I think they're regular apes and he flew them up into space and they also got bombarded by cosmic rays and became smart. Super intelligent apes? Yeah. Okay, that's scary. Planet of the Apes type thing, right? Mm, this is getting too scary. And they, they become his minions as he's trying to get back up into space too. And they get there both at to the specific spot on the moon and they get an all-out brawl as Ivan Cross Krokov's um, man-apes start fighting off Spider-Man and the Thing and, and Human Torch. Now, the Fantastic Five, four of them there, yes. you know, eventually defeat this guy, right? But meanwhile, what's really happening down on Earth, what's important is happening to Sue Storm. Sue Storm, all alone, kind of angry at Spider-Man that he took her spot, <laughs> right? So she's just all alone in the lab when she gets a telepathic message from uh, a famous Fantastic Four villain, Namor, the Submariner. Now, Namor, much like all Fantastic Four villains, they all have a thing for Sue Storm. Uh, yeah, what's up with that? And she, what's another kind of creepy thing about telling of the time is that in the book, she's not Invisible Woman. She's Invisible Girl. Oh, is it? Yeah. Okay, weird. So originally she's Invisible Girl. Okay. And I think that's why all these perverts like her. Weird. She's also Invisible, which is, I, I don't know. I, I, all of the villains love her, apparently. Mm. Every character. And yeah, I think Doctor that's... Doom, Namor, R. Kelly. Okay, all right, that's true villain, <laughs> true villain. Um, so Sue Storm meets up with Namor as um she even has a weird thing for Namor too, even though her, her true love is Reed Richards. And they meet out in the docks, of course. That's where Namor hangs out. And who can blame her? Namor never wears a shirt. He's got abs for days. So there's a thing there, unspoken thing. I mean, he's got wings in his ankles. <laughs> who can deny that, really? Right. Uh, I thought this part was really funny because she approaches him. She's like, Namor, why did you call me here? What, 
what what's the problem why are you summoning me and namor just doesn't even like respond to her and he's just like kind of like stoic yeah and then he steps to the side and behind him is a hypnotic fish a flying fish yeah yeah that hypnotizes sue and now uh namor is like pretty much kidnapping her she is his prisoner as the flying hypnotic fish entangles her in a gigantic bubble and they go down into the sea now we get a real understanding of who the true villain is oh my god so many twists in this book convoluted it is the puppet master i don't know this character that well either but think of him as like a voodoo puppet master that can control these small little carvings and control people's behaviors and he's controlling namor right now and sue storm <laughs> he's i think his power is pretty cool but he's a silly character yeah he's got this weird puppet face going on very extreme uh but pretty strong powers and as reed richards and the whole team land on earth they realize sue storm is nowhere to be found it's been like a couple of days now can't find her she's gone missing and all of a sudden appears at their base is namor and he's pretty much saying like yo Oh, she's mine now. Yeah, give up on her. And so the team goes into action, starts finding Namor. They try and pummel him, but he's uh, intangible. They can't fight him. They go flying past him. Spider-Man's web just goes past and hits Ben Grimm in the face. No luck finding Namor here. It's because he's more of less like just like a hologram there, right? Yes. Like a message. Uh, Reed Richards realizes this and sees it's fruitless to, t- to try and fight him now. And uh, he realizes he needs to get the team underwater, find Namor, um, you know, prince of the seas. So if... If their rocket ship that they used to go to the moon was not phallic, their submarine definitely is. Absolutely. It's this big metal thing, big front as it's supposed to inject into the water. Um, and they fly in the submarine going underwater. I really like this part because like Namor is just there at the bottom of the ocean, just yeah. standing there waiting for the ship to approach him. And he's like waving his arms like, come and get me, right? And then as the ship is like about to hit him, what they don't realize is like a giant clam is in front of him, like sideways, yeah. and just like closes onto the ship. It really looks like the ship is just a pearl of this clam as it hammers down on this gigantic submarine. And the Atlantean is like, how are you going to outwit the smarts of the king of Atlantis? This is my world. Yeah, you're in my world now. <laughs> And uh, he hypnotizes them to go back into his palace. And he's just, you know, villain monologuing here. Um, You don't impress me while I have your woman here. Uh, In this bubble globe surrounded by gigantic octopus in a fish tank. (laughs) So many, like, intricacies here. Layers. She's in a globe, like a clear crystal ball so she can breathe, which is underwater. And then this giant octopus is like holding that ball. So in case the Fantastic Four do anything, the octopus will just crush the globe, right? And she'll drown. Yeah. I love the word they keep using. They call it a globule. Okay. (laughs) That's what she's stuck in right now. The little prison she's in. And Johnny's like the angriest one. He goes flame on. That's his sister right there. So he goes flying in to uh, shoot out Namor. But Namor has a, a trick up his sleeve. He takes up a living plant, one of the, the sea plants that he has mm. under gr- underwater. And it's this kind of seaweed looking thing that actually eats flames, right? It eats heat. And Johnny Storm, the human torch, kind of fizzles out. All the fire just eradicates around him. Thing now jumps on Namor and tries to like physically like bear hug him but namor he's a slippery guy <laughs> yeah and he kind of like just squeezes out of there like thump, like like a bar of soap right and then he throws like uh almost like a sea urchin thing but like a very strong weaponized one yes and it like spikes up onto the thing and he's in pain i mean he's rocks and he's getting hurt by spikes from the sea 
coral thing. He's breaking his rocks. Getting hurt, right? And the last thing he does is he tosses some deep sea fungus at the thing and it just attaches straight onto him and starts growing on him. It's almost like covering all up, like almost to cover his face where he can't breathe anymore. Almost full body in this green fungus while uh, Spider-Man gets flung back by Namor and collides into the thing. That fungus was hardening, hardening onto him, but uh, with a little crack in the fungus, he can break free. And uh, he says, I'm Petunia's favorite nephew. Can now rest. I love Ben Grimm's <laughs> dumb catchphrases. Mr. Fantastic now is stretching as much as he can, kind of like winding up all around Namor. It's almost like he's made himself into a net. Yeah. And Namor is just trying to like get away and untangle and just get out. Meanwhile, Spider-Man is also webbing him to try to like just apprehend this guy. Yes. Um, while they're dealing with them, Ben Grimm is trying to free Sue Storm from the globule, remember? And he goes swimming into the tank with the giant octopus. And he just takes the octopus by all its tentacles and has it flinging in circles to get it away from Sue Storm. He's able to open the little globe thing that she's in, trap, and get her out of the tank. Um, but we see that, again, this is all being controlled by the puppet master. Yes. Because the puppet master is controlling Namor. Right. He's the true villain. Um, they even know like Namor is not acting normal. Namor is kind of a jerk. He mm-hmm. he'll take us on, but he's moving a bit robotic uh, more than usual. And so he pulls out one last plant thing. It's this sea bamboo type looking plant. Right. I didn't know Namor uses so many plants. You know, like Aquaman uses it's part of the sea. Uses sea animals and like mm-hmm. big sharks. Uses Namor is better than Aquaman. I think so. Yeah, Namor he is like he knows how to use everything around him. Where Aquaman didn't even want to be the king of the ocean he'll he'll just yell at fish to do his bidding mm-hmm. but namor's is resourceful no he'll he could fight the fantastic five all on his own yeah um and reed richards realizes oh he's pulling all the stops this is not like him um this must be the doing of the puppet master and reed richards figures <laughs> so it out how does he figure that out he's like, a super genius it's like oh this guy's being controlled because he's not acting normal yeah <laughs> that's okay comics it's like i i know my girl is that hot but not this much. Yeah. <laughs> and this is even more ridiculous. Yes. Is how the problem, overall problem was solved. Um, that gigantic octopus goes into like a tantrum and breaks free from its water tank and makes its way to the open sea and attaches to a local submarine. And of course, who's in that? But the puppet master all along. <laughs> so his own like meddling is his own undoing. Yes. He tries to uh, draw up a carving of this octopus to control it but the octopus has such a small brain he cannot control it and he goes underwater um, attacked by this gigantic octopus and now that he's all dealt with namor is kind of like now out of his control and out of his like spell trance and he's like oh what's going on i'm namor Uh, as Sue Storm goes into like all our cry, she can't believe like, I knew it wasn't you that you could have taken me prisoner. And she, she gets kind of like a soft spot for Namor in this moment, yeah. right? And Namor is like, you know, I might have been under control by someone else, but the feelings are real. The love was true. And I still want you to be with me. So you must decide. Do you want to stay here with me or go back with these chumps? And up till now, again, this is a story that kind of really happened in the comic books. 
And but Sue actually decides this time to stay with Namor when normally she would go back with the Fantastic Four. And it's all because Spider-Man's there. Yes, Spider-Man the jerk. Yeah. She feels like she lost her spot on the team. It's like, okay, I have a place here for Namor. But then Reed Richards is like, you can't stay here. First off, you can't breathe underwater. Yes. And then Namor's like, ah, but she can. (laughs) Namor pulls out this um, machine. It looks like it's from Austin Powers type of thing that you (laughs) climb into. And it will give these um, surface dwellers the ability to breathe underwater. And she enters in. There's some Kirby cackle here and there, flash of lights. And now she can apparently breathe underwater. But she comes out and they're not underwater. They're in like a a dome thing, right? Yes. So she kind of falls her feet. She's like, I can't breathe because I'm not underwater. And then Namor's like, oh, I'm an idiot, <laughs> right? So uh, he pretty much throws that big device to break the dome that they're in so that it would flood with water. Yeah. And this kind of gives the signal to the rest of the Fantastic Four, like, we got to get out of here. We don't even have time to, like, say goodbye to Sue or anything. Can't even think. As the water floods in, Sue could breathe. But the device that gave her water breathing powers is destroyed. She can yes. never get reversed back. And so she uh, has a life with Namor underwater and Reed Richards and the Fantastic Four have to fly out of there back to uh, Baxter's building with uh, no woman, just a Spider-Man. Reed Richards is in tears. Spider-Man is also like hating himself. He's like, it's all my fault that she left Reed. It is. It is. <laughs> Uh, and that's kind of like where the continuity goes on. It's just like Sue's no longer part of the Fantastic Four. Spider-Man's on the team, and the four of the four guys now have to be the Fantastic Four. <laughs> Real sausage party. As yeah, we continue on. No more. Uh, she's uh, she's Namor's girls now. So sorry, bud. As uh, Reed's thinking, like at least maybe she'll be able to turn his dark ways. You know, be mm-hmm. be a protector for for him. Um, and so Uatu enters the picture again and explains that was the story of how it could have been a what if Spider-Man joined the Fantastic Four as he um, says goodbye to the reader and remember I am the watcher watching everything so that's how we, we end the issue there uh, the end of the first issue what if a very weird one yeah right? I think they always ended as like this is not how you want it to be so we're gonna end it kind of bad yeah oh okay right I, I think I think you're right it's like a learn a lesson here right yeah then uh, don't get Spider-Man on the team mm-hmm. the way it was meant to be was the right way right exactly because Sue leaves Reed and this would lead to many things. You're not going to get their children. All of the kids, kid aliens they adopted would yeah. not have a home, mm-hmm. right? And like, who knows a bunch more things, but like, it just it ruined it pretty much. Right, right. Spider-Man is not the greatest hero. I think if he's on a team, especially if he's just doing it for the money. That too, right? <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't have that struggle of, of poverty anymore. Yeah, it's kind of a boring story. So, you know, we did it right the first time. Uatu is pointing that out, but I, that's that's a setup for the show, right? Mm-hmm. Where Uatu is going to be the narrator explaining these are the different parallel universes. So there's a lot more what if issues, right? Yeah. Like, was it over 100 issues for me? There was uh, like 47 in the first volume and like 100 in the second. Oh, yeah. So there's way more. Um, yeah. Like, too many to really name, but like some of the ones I w- was thinking about doing was there's like, what if the Venom symbiote took over Punisher instead? Yeah. That yeah, was, there's. That was a cool one. One. That was a cool one. There's um some of the older stuff. The second issue already is like, what if the Hulk also had Bruce Banner's brain? Right. Right. So it was a smart That's Hulk. Cool. That's yeah. cool. Um, there's like, what if Doctor Doom was a hero? Mm-hmm. And he, I know, like at the end of the story, is like he's still Doom. He's still a bad guy. At the end of the day, <laughs> that's the whole premise. 
Uh, there's one that was like, what if uh, Gwen Stacy lived? Yeah. And how that changed Spider-Man. How boring would that be? Yeah. Right. And he would never be with MJ, I guess. Oh, okay. Mm. All those stories. Spider-Man's on in a lot of them. There's some yeah, recent ones. Moneymaker. I think so. Like, there's a What If with Great Responsibility. That's like a, a tray that came out fairly recently, like a couple issues together. Okay. Um, One of them was, what if Spider-Man turned to the Punisher? So he's like a Spider-Man oh, wow. Punisher. There was one that I thought was kind of a silly premise. Okay. Was like, what if Wolverine was a vampire? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't see that at all. Is I saw that, that. I was like, well, how, who came up with this? Why? Why? Well, let me ask you, what if? <laughs> uh, do you think if he was bit by a vampire, he could just heal that virus away? Oh, maybe. Is it a virus? Because it's, it's magic, right? I don't know. I, I don't know. Yeah, I think it is magic. It's magic. So. In Marvel, it's magic. It'd be a bad thing because he's like, he's unkillable, but also he needs to drink blood and kill, right? I, Do you think he could be in sunlight? No. He's like... But he would just keep healing. Would he be a daywalker? Like 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 Blade? I don't know. Uh, we probably got to read the comic, but okay. I don't want to. Yeah. <laughs> These They're one-offs, fun things. They'll be a, a bit easier to read as time goes on. Like there's a, yes. some what-ifs that grew to be full stories. Like what if spider-man's daughter became spider-man mm. and that's the character called mayday parker and she yes. spy she became spider girl an actual storyline yeah it kept going right? yeah it keeps going so there's a lot of what ifs that branch out to their own things i think what if is a great idea yeah and there's definitely some great stories out of it but i think i don't want to read all of them yeah they're all disparate yeah and i i know what you're saying is like they're all from events in marvel if, if it went one way instead of the other totally but i i don't know like some of them i just don't even get the premise <laughs> Some of them fall flat, and a lot of them are older, of so course, you just yeah. can't relate. Uh-huh. You kind of get that in this book, too, uh, just of the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm excited for the TV show. I think yeah. uh, they're just playing around with what if the title, but it's really, it's going to give a modern vibe. So I am excited for the show, too. Mm-hmm. And uh, I do want to give some possible spoiler speculation stuff about the show. Okay, so possible spoilers for the show yeah. because we're so on point. Uh, yeah, I mean, you might as well call it a spoiler because I'm pretty accurate with this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Is uh when they first announced this, I thought it was gonna be like an anthology series. Yeah, I, yeah, I think where it, they're not connected. Okay, I think they are. Each episode is gonna be connected. Really, and I think the reason why Uatu kind of interferes is because one of these stories becomes the threat of the story becomes overwhelming, and now is a threat to all universes in the multiverse. So that each hero of these episodes must unite to f- defeat this threat. Wow, like different universes merging together. So instead of the Avengers coming together it's like these heroes from different what if stories come together that's really cool that's gonna feel like uh this one comic called avengers forever okay where they get avengers from different times but if different universes that works too right that'd be kind of cool yeah i think that's what it's gonna be and uh so again could be spoilers but i think you're gonna get like you know like uh captain carter peggy carter yes you're gonna get star lord t'challa uh yeah stuff obviously like that. yeah um sorcerer supreme spider-man he, he i think he just gets the cape I don't yeah, know if okay. he's just whatever it is. I think they're all gonna unite somehow. Maybe Watu unites them to fight the big threat that is Marvel zombies. That's the big threat that's yeah. gonna encompass more than one universe. Yeah, I can believe that. I mean, if it's like a spreading thing, right? Because that's ha- what happens in the comics for Marvel zombies. Yeah. Oh, really? Is they universes? start jumping universes. That's pretty cool. And this is the first time we get at Marvel zombies in. Yeah. In because the... we know there is Marvel zombies in the What If series. We've seen it. Oh yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. So that's my 
guess. And I think, uh, I think, because they've already said that in the second season, there's going to be a Captain Carter episode again. Again. Okay. Yeah. So maybe all of these guys are going to return. Potentially. Or be eaten. Or be eaten. Yeah. yeah maybe they're the villains of so, the next time. My guess is that though they make you think it's an anthology, it's going to connect. I could see it. Maybe they're all of one world. Maybe that's the maybe, thing. Maybe. Yeah. They're just one second world, you know? Mm-hmm. And that that's the, the turn of everything. Yeah. Uh, I could see that. Do you think it's going to leak into the mainstream MCU? No. Okay. I, a lot of people were questioning that now after Loki, right? Yeah. I think I think this What If series is kind of like an offspring of Loki because it's like another dimension or another multiverse. Introducing the possibility of it. Right. But I don't think it'll bleed into the mainline MCU sacred timeline, if you will. <laughs> I think that's what I would want yeah. to, uh, just because don't shoot Hornet in. But mm-hmm. uh, I, I feel like What Ifs are leaving more questions than we <laughs> yes. had earlier, yeah. which is fun. Uh, let, let, yeah. I can't wait for the show. Uh, you have anything to say about the comic book or you want to get into the side stories? Uh, yeah, I let's get to side stories, but I just want to say the comic book is very dense. So <laughs> let's uh, talk about something else. Let's get into the side stories. My guess is we have the same side story. My guess too, yes. Uh, Suicide Squad. Yeah. The original. No. <laughs> <laughs> The Suicide Squad, right? Mm-hmm. The second movie. Is it confusing to you guys? Because as it is to us, I mean... They just don't want you to even think that the other one existed. Just override it, right? Right. Okay. And I have. I don't remember. Oh, okay. Well, it's the second movie. Did not know that. Um, yeah, James Gunn's take on the Suicide Squad. What'd you think? Well, let's do a spoiler-free first for a while. And then we'll when we get to the end, we'll say spoilers. Okay. Is that right? Initial impressions. Yeah, initial impressions. Uh, very, very good. Very good, yes. Uh, right on tone with each of the marks I think that we needed yeah I watch it uh, obviously I watch it on HBO Max because um, I have that yeah you but, can watch it there but if I didn't I would watch it in the theater and I think I would have maybe possibly even enjoyed it better in the theater it's a action movie so you can mm-hmm. see more big blasts that they're all throughout the movie yep um, I think it was like a it was like a nice recovery from the stumble of the first movie James Gunn knew right we need to recover and make fun of stuff from over there uh-huh. to get everyone on our side do you think because as we know the making of this movie james gunn is hired by warner brothers in dc because he had just been fired kind of let go by marvel do you think that gave him more like firepower to like this i'm gonna make this movie the best movie i can bit more of a mojo yeah it's almost like what's gonna save his career to direct other things too you think Uh, that could be true yeah because the reason he was fired is a backlash of what is said in the past yeah yeah so this was dc kind of giving him a chance uh because people thought maybe he was uh, not going to work anymore. Right. Um, I think he did. I think he, he had some extra mojo in the tank for this one. Yeah, it was very good. I think the acting is pretty much good all around. Idris Elba was very good. I don't know the actress name that played Ratcatcher. Uh, Daniela McCor. Okay. Like I think this is like her first big motion picture. I think so. And I think she did great. I think she did some of uh, the like Latin movies in the past. Okay, yeah. 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 yeah she, she did an amazing job. Very good. Uh, the, the comedy was on point everywhere, I thought. It was hilarious. Yeah. 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 Um, I'm not a huge fan of John Cena. As an actor or all around? As an actor. Wrestling, I, yeah, he's okay, good. I, I think I'm more of a fan of him for acting than wrestling because that was past my era. It was also, it's way past my era. Yeah. But that just shows I'm not a huge fan of his acting. Wow, you hate him? I don't, I don't know what has he been in that I think is like he's very good in. Well, he's a comedy actor. Okay, well, until now. Now I like him because of this movie. Really? Okay, just this one movie with his uh, pacemaker? <laughs> Peacemaker. Peacemaker. Yeah, I know. 
uh, yeah, he was very good, and he was definitely part of like the funnier stuff in the movie. I think so. Yeah, uh, the similarities that they point out between him and Idris were pretty. His character, at least, was right. funny and on point. Definitely funny. Um, and then, of course, Margot Robbie's back as Harley Quinn. Uh, I get why they put her in it. Yeah. Do they need her in this? I feel like uh, she wasn't needed in it, but it didn't feel like it was shoehorned. Like, True. Because I thought it could feel that way. Yeah. Uh, it added to the movie. It added to the movie, I think. Good. And she did a good job again as, as Harley. Yeah. I think better than most times she's played her. Maybe the best time. Uh, I, I enjoyed Birds of Prey quite a lot. Yeah? Yeah. But as a whole movie, this is way better than Birds of Prey. Yeah. 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 All right. Uh, is there anything else you want to say before we just dive deep into it? I've seen it twice already. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a good sign. Yeah, it's a good sign. It's a good, good movie. I've seen it twice already because uh, it was really good. Yeah. All right. Uh, if you haven't seen it yet, I would say definitely go watch it. Definitely either go to the theater or subscribe to HBO Max. I think it's worth subscribing to HBO Max for a month just to watch this. Yeah. Maybe take the free trial up. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe don't watch Space Jam Legacy, but watch this definitely. <laughs> Haven't seen that yet. I've seen this twice. I've not seen Space Jam yet. Okay. You're, you're doing it right. Yeah. Okay. Uh, let's dive into more spoiler stuff. Um, what do you want to talk about first? Okay. So the big problem that they're poised at is they have to fight off Starro, this gigantic starfish, right? Right. I thought that was a good move. Like, I think with all the era of timekeepers and rewriting universes, the question is, are they throwing these heroes at the right problem? And I thought that was a good problem for them to have because it's like kind of absurd and uh-huh. ridiculous. Yeah. And also big enough that it's giving a team a real trouble. Yeah. Uh, Starro was a pretty cool character because uh, he's a character in his own right. He's not just like this monster, right? Yeah, I think he was like the first villain in the ju- very first Justice League comic. Yeah, he right? was, yeah. Um, and it's weird because there's no, like, I get the point of view of all of them. Yeah. The Suicide Squad is forced to fight Starro, but Starro was forced to fight Suicide Squad also. At the end of the movie? Yeah. yeah. I'm on Starro's side. Yeah. He was, he didn't ask for this fight. Be still a big problem though. They had to take him down. I, yeah. I mean, they had to do it. He was pissed off. After, after, <laughs> yeah, all those years of being in there. Yeah. Uh, I remember when I first was watching it and the first couple scenes, maybe like 20 minutes into it, I, I was thinking to myself, why do people people make bad movies <laughs> if movies can be this good why make bad ones i mean you're obviously comparing this to the first movie right i mean i have to but just in general this movie's so good why aren't all movies this good i think you know just the movie makers don't know what they don't know <laughs> You know, they don't know what makes a great movie. Learn from this. I, th- I think that's what James Gunn did a bit from watching the first one. I, I'm, yeah. I'm assuming a bunch of times. Maybe he did see the air cut, you know. Oh, man. Yeah. What was supposed to be out there. And he was like, I'm not going to let the studio, you know, push me around because... Right. Um, I mean, he's made two movies with Marvel already. I'm not going to let them push me around because I need my say to make a good movie. Yeah. And it was very good. I will even compare it, though it is like half comedy, half action. Yeah. And it doesn't have all the baggage of, of like 10 years of Marvel movies might have. I'm comparing the complexity of the story to like Civil War. Oh, Civil War? <laughs> yes. Wow. I'm amazed at how he was able to combine all these characters and not make it feel like you're just throwing characters in. I I don't know about that. I mean, they are literally throwing people together because they're no, a but task they have force. like a reason, and there's surprises. Like, okay, this is a spoiler. I was very surprised at the twist of Peacemaker. Oh, how he was uh, kind of going against the team. They turned on the team. Yeah, and he's working for Waller. And yeah, like that that caught me off guard very much. 
And then, wow. um, but then that, it was good to have that because the fight he has with, he kills Rick Flagg to really emphasize he's the, a bad guy. And then he becomes a villain against Ratcatcher. And now stakes are high. That's the thing. He thinks he's right though, right? So. Yeah, but I mean like Rick Flagg is the good guy. He's not a Suicide Squad like oh, prisoner. Yeah. Okay. And to kill him, it just, you made him more of a villain now. There's a moment where he calls him a real hero, right? He even says it to his face and I think he means it. I think yeah. John Cena's peacemaker thinks rick flag is a hero he is and we're setting that up i think for the peacemaker tv show that's coming up it's gonna be a redemption kind of show i think he's gonna have a crisis of confidence and mm-hmm. he's gonna be like maybe peace is not all that i should be <laughs> killing for you yeah. know that whole idea I think he's going to lose that ideology or be warped in a way. But yeah, I I say it's like Civil War because they're so intricate of these storylines. Like it got to all that point. So much happened up to that point and we haven't even got to Starro yet. Okay. Okay. Sure. The big uh, blowout for that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I think uh, one of the things that make it a bit more intricate is the time jumping in the story. Yes. I think we had that in the first movie. It's just done right here. Yeah. Because they're flat out saying the time that this was happening three days earlier right eight minutes ago mm-hmm. that was a good move i think they're taking stuff away from the first movie and using it right here right yeah uh one thing to mention is too how they like introduce characters f- like for the story they don't do title cards like the whole first movie was <laughs> this one they'll present them in a team lineup yeah. and then get into their backstory later right yeah and the way it's told it's not just like not really an exposition dump yeah even though sometimes technically it is but the visuals make it feel like storytelling yeah right not yeah. Uh, exposition the whole time yeah but i i think it was a home run just in the way that they tell the story and like i said there's so many like interweaved stories that still work like the brick flag is saved by the militia kind of thing right Okay, yeah. Resistance or whatever. And then they go to save Rick Flag and they they mess up and they kill all those guys. I think it it points to them like being not the most heroic heroes. Yeah, they're not a team yet kind of thing. And also they just go out and kill people right. without que- no questions asked. Mm-hmm. I think that's the whole idea that these are not the guy you these are not the people you're supposed to put on the, the front cover of the team, whatever, you know, yeah. each of them. And then just like the the character makeups are kind of weird and kind of gross. And that's kind of mm-hmm. the like polka dot man and uh, how he, <sighs> he, he was, was so messed up and weird. And kinda, yeah. Uh, so that's, that's what this team is going for. Um, it's, it, it is again, a mix match of things. I'm comparing to guardians. That's the Marvel show. The sure, movie yeah, I'm obviously comparing it to. Yeah. And I think he land both kind of paths perfectly. This like team criminals versus a team of also criminals but space criminals yeah uh, what i think he does well james gunn i'm talking about is he i think he what he does is he takes these characters and then he draws a line from one character to another it's like what is their connection and what is their relationship like and he does that for everybody because yeah. that that makes it feel cohesive so like blood sport and rat catcher they right. have like a bond because she lost her dad he's missing his daughter father kind of daughter type of thing yeah, yeah. but then you could draw a line from like blood sport and rick flagg and like they're actually military buddies and they have a connection that way yeah and then you draw a line from like rat catcher to king shark and it's like oh she's teaching him to be not just like a killer a person kind of yeah okay so all these connections whereas in the first movie it's like no one cares about anybody what pissed me off so much is they introduce them with a title card and they're gonna get killed off the next scene there's so much time wasted okay well let's the opening scene of uh the new suicide squad they wipe out the whole team and that's perfect because we didn't 
waste time before that is what I'm saying. Okay. Yeah, you know what I mean? Uh, I think you're doing the same thing with uh, Guardians, right? Where it's sure. like, um, they're actually just trying to hunt down a specific thing in the beginning of the first movie. Yeah. But then it later, later turns on that Gamora is a daughter of thing, mm-hmm. Thanos, and then Drax is trying to kill her and all that. Like, there's connections there. They, they all point to each other. Yeah. I think that's the, the right move, right? Right, yeah. So there's definitely connections to that as far as, like, assembling a team. But I, I just think the reason I compare it to Civil War is he made the story plot so complex for a, a simple kind of mission. Really? I didn't see it was that complex, but okay. I'm, well, it's complex because it like, they had to rescue Harley and, and then they, Polka Dot Man has like all this inner turmoil. Okay. Uh, so there's a lot of character development throughout the story and there's surprise twists and you make you care about every character, even the killer starfish kaiju. Yeah, I think that you're, you're on point there where you kind of care for each one. Yeah. I think that's that's kind of needed. I think uh, Ratcatcher, everyone says the breakout star for this role. Uh, I think she was very good. Yeah, I think so too. I didn't expect that out of her. I wasn't sure who was going to be sticking around first place. And yeah. she was the one that kind of broke out and was the heart of the the movie, both mm. bringing it out of maybe King Shark and uh, Bloodsport. Are you upset we didn't get a lot of that initial roster? No, I think I, I knew that this, like you'd see like the the cover of the magazines with all the characters. Like I know half of these guys are going to be gone soon. Yeah, It's the basis for this team. Mm-hmm. So I was expecting that. The no, opening scene though? Yeah. <laughs> no one wants to see pete davidson that long you know <laughs> i'm upset that uh captain boomerang died off okay yeah because i thought he was one of the good things of the air version i don't remember too many scenes of him from the first one but from this second movie the little bit we have of him with interplay with harley and the team i thought it was funny and i yeah. would want to see more of him i think you're right on that mm-hmm. but i think it's like it's like the ned stark thing anyone is expendable you know, exp- yeah, this is, these are the expendables <laughs> i mean yeah it was almost <laughs> just yeah. like that movie <laughs> sylvester stallone is in it yeah <laughs> but all in all I-, I do want to watch it again me too yeah yeah <laughs> third time yeah i think i give it like a nine and a half out of ten wow really this is very it's very good i think you like it more than i did and wow. i think i like it so much because i'm comparing it to other dc things that are not as good <laughs> yes it's a uh... Is it the best DC movie out of this batch, you know, out of... Uh, DCEU? Yeah. It could be. Did you like it better than the Snyder Cut of Justice League? Like, if if you ask me which one I'm going to watch again... That's not fair, just because the of the length. Four hours long. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, yes, I'll say yes. I enjoy these characters more than I like the Justice League characters. Okay, I can believe that from you. I'm wondering, I'm, I'm not sure if I'm there with, with my opinions on it yet. In all of DC everything film, including not DCEU stuff, even old stuff. Okay. What's your top three? I think Dark Knight's number one. Sure, of course. <sighs> Wonder Woman might be in the top three. It okay. might be. I'm not sure yet. Is Joker in there? Oh, yeah, Joker. It's not. I've never seen it a second time. Really? I've seen it multiple times. You've seen it multiple times? Yeah. It's too depressing for me. Yeah, but the acting... Yeah, it, it's very depressing. It's so but depressing. the acting was like, man, this is so good. I, I I don't think it's my top three. Just because I haven't rewatched it that much. Um, I don't think... So I've never seen the Watchmen... Oh, really? Directed, uh, director's cut. Apparently, it's better, right? A little bit longer. It's better, but I enjoy the theatrical release. I enjoyed it, but... I'm, I was, I'm not sure if it's my top three. This might be my top three. So Suicide, the Suicide Squad. Dark Knight Rises. 
<laughs> okay, okay, I didn't even compare, consider the other two Dark Knight movies, the Batman movies. Mm-hmm. Maybe Batman Begins is in the top three, even. I mean, that might be cheating and everything. Uh, I've never seen the old Supermans. Any of them? Never, no. Okay, you probably need to see at least two of them. The first two? Uh, no. <laughs> what? what? The, the fourth one, does he fight? The like? middle two. Oh, really? Uh, it's the ones I like. Actually, the middle one. <laughs> so just one movie is I think what so I probably, watch. yeah. Okay. I've never, I've never seen any of them. Uh, they get ridiculous, like really ridiculous, right? I think Richard Pryor's in one of them. Is that the it, one? It gets worse. I won't say ridiculous. It gets worse. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. Was Lex Luthor really good in those? It's Gene Hackman. Yeah. So uh, if you... Did you like Kevin Spacey's Lex Luthor? I honestly did. Okay. Because it's... I. I'm the way I'm visualizing it continuity wise is that's the fifth Superman movie, Superman Returns. Okay. Did they so like, ever say that? I don't know because I didn't care about Superman that much. <laughs> but like in my head, Gene Hackman's Lex Luthor is Kevin Spacey's Lex Luthor. Believable. Okay. Yeah. I know Gene Hackman's a good actor. I've never seen a lot of his movies just because they're older. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, that's where I'm at with it. So Suicide Squad, this one is in your top three DC movies. Currently as it stands, I think it's third. I think Wonder cool. Woman. What? Maybe Wonder Woman's third and this is the second. Yeah. How about you? Yeah. I, I, I maybe would say um, instead of Wonder Woman, I put Joker maybe. Joker? Yeah. Wow, okay. It's just too depressing. I can't watch it again. <laughs> but I will watch the Suicide Squad movie again. It's very good, I would say. Uh, would you want to release an air cut version of the original? Of the original? Yeah. I'm at the point where why not? Because it's not worth it. It's not worth it? I mean, is David Ayer doing a lot right now? I don't know. <laughs> I I heard a quote from uh, Warner Brothers executive, yeah. and he said prior to releasing that movie, they did uh, you know those like testing screening things, right? Okay. They did their version, WB's version, the theatrical one, and Ayer's original cut, which had more things in it, like more Joker stuff in it, right? Yeah. And they said that they tested e- equally. Wow. So they went with their theatrical one because I think it's shorter. Really? Yeah. So okay, it might not be that good. It might not be that good is what i'm saying yeah i think uh even uh, margot robbie said it's complicated is yeah. uh, what she she's she said so i don't it might not be that great um but as a fan i'm like why not that's where i'm at i guess i think um zack snyder knew he had a great movie in there i'm not sure if david Ayer knows there's a great movie in there yeah i think it costs i believe it costs warner brothers 30 million dollars extra to release this snyder cut and i don't think they're gonna do that for they're not giving up 30 million dollars again for the, that suicide squad movie there was extra extra sheens extra scenes shot and there's all the cg in the new cut right yeah so i think that's where that 30 million came from mm-hmm. uh i'm wondering if uh there are just enough shots that they just cut out of the movie that they can just frankenstein the movie together instead of reshooting everything because i think that's that's too far away for now you know yeah i think i think there is an air cut out there that he doesn't have to reshoot stuff okay because they already test screen tested it okay i'm but, a, yeah. yeah you don't think it's that good the rumor is probably it's not that good either all right so let's just say that it's i mean honestly if you're to release it now there's no way everyone's gonna say it's bad no matter what because james gunn's one is so good definitely that too well the question is are we gonna get another suicide squad movie do you think there is a need for that you mentioned the idea of maybe will smith and idris elba sharing the screen there's always a possibility do you want it though do i want it do i want it (laughs) I, i wonder if james gunn is gonna return for another suicide squad movie considering guardians maybe is done at three uh, but I I know DC execs kind of want to keep working with him. I want it. Do it. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Why not? Uh, okay, still in spoilers, but like Rick Flag dying, yeah, to me represented the end of a Suicide Squad. That's a moment, and also the part where Amanda Waller got hit in the head with a <laughs> uh, golf golf club. Yeah, it says like she's the real leader of the squad, and her mm. getting taken down a peg is like uh, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if there's a need for another thing, or maybe she's even more hard nosed for the next team. Yeah, I don't think I, I need. I don't think. I don't think I want another Suicide Squad movie. Okay, okay. Then, what about the rumors about a crossover from DC and Marvel with James Gunn talking to both exec teams? I don't think there's any winners in that. No? No. Okay. I... Because I don't think you're going to get a good story. Because no matter what, neither team is going to, neither side, like if it was a Just League Avengers, neither side's going to lose. Neither studio is going to let their side lose. Just Definitely. like in the comic books. Yeah. So you're don't not going to get it. a good story. So don't do it. Okay. Unless it was like Just League and Avengers versus well, Legion of Doom and, I don't know, the New Rockers. What is that? <laughs> this is the wrestlers. I don't need it. <laughs> it's because Legion of Doom was wrestlers. Oh, okay. <laughs> Well, uh, uh, yeah, whatever, like that. The team we was talking about was the people he's worked with characters, like Groot, Rocket, Harley Quinn. No. I, I don't think they should do it. I don't no. think. But he did, talk, he did talk to both of them. So there's a lead in there. That'd be kind of fun. The rumor I heard is after he's done doing Guardians 3 is that he wants to do a Ravagers Disney Plus series. Spinoff. Yeah. yeah. That sounds fun because there's so much to work with there. There was like other teams. Remember that? Yeah. But the way I see... Uh, okay. I know we're going long already. Sure. But like the Disney Plus series, initially when I heard them and they were announced, I was like, cool, we get to see these uh, like outside adventures of these other characters, right? Definitely. But now after watching three series of them, they're not outside adventures. Not at they're all. very much in line and connected and, and uh, like folding into the next one. Yeah, and, definitely. And, yeah, and they're like necessary. So they're not like outside adventures. So if it's a Ravagers one, I don't want that. <laughs> I don't want them to be like, I don't, I don't know. It feels like they're outside. They're like literally criminals, bandits on the run, pirates. Yeah, I don't see a story. I I'm, could be totally wrong, but I don't see them in a story that at the end of that series changes everything for Marvel, <laughs> much like Loki and WandaVision did. Fair enough. Then if not Ravagers, you know what I want? What? Guardians 3000. That yeah. That, okay, that we'll could do fit. That. Let's do that. It could I mean, fit in that's everything. That's kind of what the Ravagers are, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. They're, they're leaders, right? It could tie together then. Yeah, I just want Major Victory. Major Victory is awesome. Yeah. We didn't see him yet, right? No, he was who's so cool in the Gardens comic book. That's why I want him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, well, that's it for Suicide Squad. Very good. Is it? <laughs> I, I hope so. Uh, do you have anything else you want to mention about it? Uh, that's it for me. I, I thought it was amazing. I'm gonna watch it at least a third time. Cool. All right, guys. <laughs> Thank you for listening to us this week. Um, we'll be back next week with the recap show for What If. Right. The the reason why we're here for the comic today. So you won't want to miss it. Definitely subscribe to the Reader Copy Podcast. And if you can, please leave us a review. And uh, if you can find us on Apple Podcasts to leave us a review there. Even if you don't listen to us on your iPhone or Apple device, look for us there and leave a review there because that definitely helps us the most. Yes, please do that. Do us a favor. You can find us on all the social medias at the Reader Copy Podcast. We're on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Let's talk, guys. All right. Um, we'll be back next Wednesday for a comic book show. Mm -hmm. And then that Monday, back with a recap. But until then, Daniel, do you want to hit him with the outro? If you like what we had to say about the book, what if you picked one up yourself and read it? <laughs> okay. See you guys. Yeah. Yeah.